And the only reason I know today is Thursday is because we're recording a podcast. Otherwise, time, time loses all meaning. I know. And I come back from, um, like, was the extra I came in my office? I'm like, oh, why is this pumpkin on my bookshelf? And like my <laughs> little five-year-old, she's like, dad, I painted a pumpkin. I'm like, right, like, right. Okay, Halloween cool. on the corner. This is a great looking, it's like New Orleans, like Mardi Gras pumpkin style or something. I'm like, thank daddy. Are you guys dressing up? I'll do what I'm told. I don't know. Yes. I want to be <laughs> the soccer coach. Oh, it's at Lasso? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, how many That's Jeffrey fitting. Dahmer people will there be this year? Which There's is totally zero. creepy it's and inappropriate. So weird. But I think that is going to be popular. Yeah. Especially all, all you Midwest people because he has that accent. I, I don't know what you're talking pictures. about at okay, all. The, well, we're talking about Netflix later. So No, I'm Midwest accent. I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I like, we do, a, we do a family theme and my son is like the main focus. Then my husband and I are like side characters. So he's going to be an astronaut and we're the sun and moon. So I think that'll be nice and adorable. Yeah. But we usually, I that usually could have been Elon Musk or something like send astronaut in space. Uh, well, I still <laughs> have his car. I have his car to pull out. So maybe it could be SpaceX. There you go. Yeah. Do it. Be good. Oh my gosh. I got to hang out with I got to hang out with Jen Barkin yesterday, last Ooh, night. She nice. was in town doing training for a prestigious builder that has two letter initials and is based in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, one of those. And oh. and Will Duderstadt was there. I don't know who hmm. that was about, but um it's fun to fun to see her live and in person. Yeah. And in we your, did duck pin bowling. Have you either one of you been duck pin bowling? Mm-hmm. I'm Googling this though, duck pin bowling. Yeah, it's the, I think it's the precursor to what is modern day bowling. But I figured Jen would be really good since she's, you know, in a biker gang. She is. Um, but it's very different than normal bowling because you, you, hmm. the bowling ball has no holes in it. It's about the size of like a large shot put. Oh, yeah. And the pins are very small and you get almost no pin action. So if you, if you throw it oh. straight and you don't have a curve on the ball, it's yeah, just going on. straight through those pins and nothing else is getting knocked down. So it's it, quite a bit harder I think then it's like adult ski ball, like kind of ish, mm-hmm. like the, the size of it is. Yep. Huh. Never even who, heard of that. So who won? Well, that's the only reason I brought it up is it was marketing versus online sales and marketing crushed. Like it was nice. not even close. And so Will and I were joking that it's because marketers love metrics and online sales wanted to know where the next shot was coming from. Like, how do we get more drinks? <laughs> <laughs> when I came to the competition. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. All right. That Let's get funny. started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 245. I'm Kevin Oakley and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake and Jackie Lipinski. Hello. We're here. How's it going? So excited. Feels like it's been a long time. I don't know why. Um, It has been for you, man. It's been a while. Like the summit. Yeah. You you were supposed to be on with Mike and I. You got sick. Yeah. And then I had like I have my usual one week off. Yeah. Life. Life happens. I'm <laughs> and a just human. a lot, a lot of stuff going on. That's yeah. Right. I almost backed out of this one today because my kid has the flu, but he's, oh, no. he's he's just watching Bluey on upstairs. So he's fine. I'm waiting for So now we record these on video and we put them into our private uh, DYC yeah. all access community for folks to see there. So now I'm kind of hoping he busts in. Oh. You, can, yeah. you can edit the audio for the podcast. You can't edit. This is just going you'll just, out. Luckily, like, I have two doors. Yeah, but you'll hear little hand, <laughs> Let me in. hand things yelling, mommy. There you yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll see Jackie hit the mute button and go like <laughs> symbol and she'll come back in a second. Yeah, All right. Let's <laughs> hop into story time. Let's do it. Jackie? Yeah, I can go. My story of the week comes from a builder meeting that I would say was weird because I didn't feel like it should have been a conversation, but it had to be a conversation. And the conversation was, 
we have move and ready million dollar homes and we're deciding not to photograph them. And when I asked why, they're like, well, it's just, you know, they're, they'll, they'll be fine. It's like, why wouldn't you spend $300 early and not have to discount that house? And it, it just seemed a little, um, there were a couple other things that were happening. They were still doing the pre-approval to get on the interest list. They're still doing, I would say, pandemic marketing strategies mm-hmm. and not yeah, really focusing on sure. what you need to be doing now. And and so we went through ever, like communities, created checklists of like what we need to change on each one because those strategies and these conversations, like they they should not still be happening. And yeah, it, it, it just, <laughs> it was a red flag of like, you have, you guys don't have a, a checklist structure of going back on your website and it concerned me. And so I made, I gave them some homework. Hopefully they'll do it. Um, so that every Tuesday you have to do this now and, and we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, not photographing Spending three hundred dollars on your million dollar house is is a is a big no no in my book. So I have many questions. Yeah. The first okay. one is: Are each one of these homes completely different and unique? Is it like all custom? That's a great question. I don't know offhand, but okay. the photos that they had, I would say, were not good enough to survive on their own. Well, I just wonder about reusability. Like if if they take pictures of the, I mean, it's a million dollar house. I'm betting it's going to look really good. Yeah. So wanting to reuse those photos to help you. In in fact, the strange thing about that is a lot of people right now are trying to stuff their budget for 2022 Mm -hmm. to make 2023 easier to work with. You know, we we had Mm -hmm. someone ask like, Hey, can I just prepay for all of next year right now? (laughs) Cause I got all this money in my budget that I didn't have to spend, but I don't think my budget is going to have the ability to do this extra project that I want to do with you next year. So it's interesting to hear people you're investing content is always an investment in the future. Like it's one of the few things that never stops paying you back yeah. when you make it, if you do it right. Were yeah. those homes under construction still? The million dollar houses? Some of them were completed. So oh. that that was like okay. kind of the question of like, I was like, just ask for forgiveness because it seemed like they had to go to the higher up. I was like, that's something you need to just build into your yeah. budget if it's completed. And they had a few little homes sitting longer than 30 days. And I was like, well, we also need to come up with strategies after they're sitting for 30 days. So we, we, we just can't, I think the mentality was still pandemic ask and we can't, we can't think like that anymore. So So this is interesting related. Spoke with someone about two weeks ago. They have an in-house photographer in each market that they build in. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I thought it was genius. And like, I'm like, tell me about the process. It's like, well, they're, they're in-house. There are photographers. They're here nine to five, whatever their hours actually are. I'm like, Oh, that's genius. Cause that, pictures of everything. It's like the opposite of what you just talked about, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Like it's, they want every picture of everything all the time. And they have this like seamless process, but they control the photographer's time. Like they're just house, well, house, house, I, house. I mean, I gave them an example of even I'll go on, uh, offer up and I'm looking for a dresser and someone takes a blurry photo from afar and went $600. I'm like, I'm not spending $600 for one photo. What makes you think I'm going to spend a million dollars for one photo of a house too? Like there's give and take. Sure. The yeah. expectations are higher. Yeah. How, how many homes roughly is this builder that has the photographers in every division, region, yeah. whatever? Ooh, Just a guess. If you year? had to guess. Um, like, are we talking small, medium, large? Uh, like medium, I'd say like 800 homes. Uh, okay. In each per, division or total? No, total. Okay. Total. Yeah. And that's. I mean, that's a significant investment. And you would hope that yeah. there... She implied it was lower cost. Well, yeah, it, it would be then them taking pictures of everything or equal cost and way better quality and yeah. control to your point. I think if you're creating that much content, the other thing that that makes me, you know, my mind just, I got to figure out how to calm myself down. Everything doesn't have to lead to a new thought, Kevin. That's what I try to tell myself. No, nah, no, nah, that's, but that's this, <laughs> I think um, if you're making that much content, wouldn't you want to have a different interactive approach to your photo galleries then? Almost like yeah. I'm imagining this person's taking multiple pictures along the construction process. Mm-hmm. I would be developing some type of timeline-esque control where I yeah. look at the same eight House. pictures of a room, but like slide. I don't know. There, there should just be That'd something be really there cool. taking advantage of all that extra content. Almost like being, a timeline newsfeed for the home. Maybe mm-hmm. not every room, but like, right. like kitchen, living room shot. And it's like the same. They could mark the somehow figure out like this yeah. is a picture 
locations, tripod settings, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And have 12 pictures over 12 months, whatever time period. Yeah, even if it was just with a Matterport camera, but you only did it in one room and then you could probably adjust it after the fact. But essentially it's like AR, VR, but in a photo gallery where you can Mm -hmm. kind of overlay different stages. Yeah. But the ability, one of the things we've talked a lot about is for the last couple of weeks is that new is, you know, the only hack that marketers have. Anytime we say something is new, it's going to get consumers' attention, new floor plans, new whatever. And one of the things we did at Heartland was we would send out a segmented email to people who would become a lead for a particular neighborhood and say, we brand new, 15 photos, just add to the community photo gallery. Mm-hmm. Click here to view them. And it would get great interaction. Again, you've got that much content being created and you segment your list well enough, or you, in this case, you could automate it. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. uh, we just... <laughs> We just took new pictures of this house yesterday. Click here to, to view them. I mean, that's what people want. Like, yeah. keep, we can keep going on this. Like, all the big construction-focused accounts on TikTok, Instagram. Don't say TikTok. They're all behind-the-scenes pictures, not the finished ones. It's like the trades actually doing the work mm-hmm. is what people... and Because that's interesting. It's like watching... You don't look at a, a plate of food done. You want to see the chef cook it. So yeah, it, it's also want. like the fake interesting though, right? In terms of it's yeah. it's them doing the project in 10 seconds that take three days. Mm-hmm. My, Not like my kids love watching nail. these people from Malaysia, I think, at these oh, water think. pools uh, in a day. And shovel dad, I'm going to make a pool. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the feeling of, of watching progress happen right in front of you mm-hmm. in unrealistic time frames is we love, we love that stuff. We can't That's get true. enough of it. We need, we love progress. That's <laughs> All right, sure. Andrew, what do you got? Ooh, well, this is interesting. So there's been two new homes listed for sale in where I live, like in my neighborhood or the neighborhood across the street, which is the same, same builder, same houses. And it made me think like, oh, this is like an easy way to do like a rapid competitive analysis. Let's see. So there's four houses. Here we go. Yeah, there's four houses. So I'm on, I'm on Artisan Way. You can look mm-hmm. it up. I don't really care about that. So there's one, two, three, four. Yep. Maybe I shouldn't give context. Pretend like these are all brand new houses and one of these is ours. And we're like, why is it not selling? I don't know if I'm ready to play this game. I want to play this game. I like games, but which house is ours that we're trying to figure out if it's priced correctly? um, I'll be negative. We're the one at $699. Okay. So we're the. Yeah, we're six ninety nine, and okay, our so competitors we've got a 699, are six forty nine, a and seven, and a six six fifty. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the easy one is the seven hundred thousand dollars is smaller. It looks all just from the initial thing that it, the finishes are not going to be. It looks a little bit older, a little bit less. Um, Can I say builder name? Because I mean, I wouldn't no, because I no. make me find that as part of the game. <laughs> Andrew, it's not a fun game if you just let me advance straight to the these. Uh, for everyone listening, these are within two, it's like two years old. They're all built around the same time. Yeah. You know, two, uh, obviously I'm going to go two, back three. and the last time this house that's 700,000 sold was 452. So that's mm-hmm. quite a yeah, an improvement listed for sale at 699. It doesn't show. Um, I could so try to, I could maybe this is a my side builder that any, anyway, 298 a square foot, which is not always a great solution, but this other house to me doesn't have the same same feeling. One of the things that when I do rapid competitive analysis that I do is I look at what's for sale currently, but to me, maybe the more fun thing to do is to go and look at what sold mm-hmm. in that same price range and look at the history of that. So in this case, I would do, you know, six, uh, six twenty five to 700. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it'd be much. And there the is right the... across the street. This is that. Yeah. That's other... the same. Same community, same builder. Mm-hmm. Same We're builder. in the same HOA. Yes, right. So s- sold for six thirty-two, the end of last year. So I w- I would be looking at pace, right? And that's part of the challenge yeah. of doing rapid analysis is you can look at what else is on the market and say, well, compared to that other stuff on the market, I'm I'm priced good. But if the pace is a quarter and you're trying to sell one a month, that isn't. You can't just. So you want to take in context of a little bit broader area. But to me, it, it would say, I would say that that one that's 699, um, better have better pictures, better have better descriptions, better content of everything better be better because it's square footage wise, smaller than that other one. Yeah. You'll, uh, but I also feel like if I took a tour of, of both of those homes, I would probably, yeah, like maybe, maybe do that. Better. Yeah. Take a little tour of that one real quick. You'll, 
It'll crack up. Oh, gosh. No. Ooh. So my curb Ooh, appeal Lord. tricked me. This one's definitely worse. So and then definitely look at the one at 649. So this, we'll pretend that this is a brand new home and the builder's nuts and they put terrible carpet and they put white appliances in the kitchen, which makes no sense. And then this, yeah. this one, this looks like a model home. Jackie's stressing out. She's like, this is terrible podcast content. <laughs> we won't put it all in the audio version because no one can see the screen. But this 649, 649 house should already be sold. And that's, so now this has been on the market for how long? Maybe a week. It's mm. three Let's days see, on three Zillow. Days. Yeah. 787 so, views, 33 So I, yeah. what I found interesting, I, I know these homes more intimately, of course, because we're in my mm -hmm. neighborhood. The one that is the smallest one for 700 uh -huh. um, at the top, like just take, go in the kitchen into the family room, like the walk-in, when you yep. walk into the home, do the, what you would feel from that, even though it's smaller square footage. Yeah. And it's four bedrooms. The other ones are three bedrooms. This is a four, four. Those are three threes. Uh-huh. So okay. there's the kitchen. It's hard to get the, the the look, but this one has 20 something foot ceilings in the family room and a pool and a pool and solar and only one neighbor and only one neighbor. And the gate at this one is much more grand. You can see it there. Uh, definitely more high end feel, which even though it's smaller to me, that could support 700 because you walk in, the kitchen's real big and open. Then it goes to the dining, then it goes to the family, then it goes immediately to the outdoor patio and then immediately to the pool. So you have a hundred and say 30 feet of your eyesight or maybe a hundred feet. I, it already go, in, the, big home. in the description there, it says new price improvement already. And yet it's also saying it'll sell 97% faster <laughs> than nearby homes. Yeah. And it's only been on sale for, on for 11 days. What? Uh, originally is, listed. Oh, okay. um, but they took it off. Woo. For seven ninety four, so, they, so it's come down a hundred. They missed their window. They missed their window, mm -hmm. and this is. Then I think we get into so we kind of decide okay which which house is the better one, which one should be sold. There, right now. There's no doubt in my mind. If I was looking at those houses, I'd be buying the six forty nine house all day oh, long. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then you go to it's, like it's well, nicer on the inside. I mean, the seven hundred six ninety nine is just that one. That one is going to lose against both oh, of them. Yeah, that was a foreclosure that the person tried to flip, mm. and it's but I. I just don't care for the exterior and those are, are just not pretty. And and the interior to me feels like a more outdated plan. I just think the, I mean, it's big and like, if you do the patio area, like it's much more entertain entertainment, mm -hmm. but uh -huh. these are all like, if, if part of this makes it to the audio version, they're all 40 foot lots, skinny houses, but that's what the builders decided to do. So they're not going to be big, wide and open. Um, but you could definitely, to me, I get at the end of the day, it's like the current interest rate is what is preventing these from, from selling based on knowing this area that I live in. Yeah. Well, also the area that you live in lot, has had a lot more investor and second homeowner and flipper activity than other parts of the country. And that's pretty much paused. So yep. that's going to cause that as well. But yeah, I still like the 649. I know it's only a three bedroom. It has more square footage to mm -hmm. live in. You only have a neighbor on one side, the one other the one. The, mm -hmm. the most expensive one is... It really worse. comes down to whether you want a pool. That's really the difference. Yeah. It's less caliber home with a pool. Definitely. Well, that was fun. It was fun. I don't, I'm still not sure what game <laughs> I was playing, I but it was... I don't know either. I just want to see what, what, what house you'd pick. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick the 649 followed by the 700. But still, if I was to go, why, why is this not selling... It's an interesting area that I live well, in. Well, the 699 um, is not going to sell until those other two all. are sold. No, guys. Or the price is gone. Has the cheapest upgrades or had no upgrades from the builder. And it's a $700,000 house in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like just won't work. And he's, he bought it for 400 and something. Yeah. Oh, that's what it sold for from the builder. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, yep. I forgot what he bought it at auction for. That's my story time. A little <laughs> have analysis. That have was fun editing that one, Jackie. Will do. It's going to be great. Uh, interactive <laughs> game, though. I like the attempt, Andrew. Let's yeah, have yeah. a. We yeah. tried. We have. We to can try. have game time. Story time. Ooh, that's what we should do. Keep it all in for the uh, all oh, access. Definitely. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> my story time is the genius of Ryan Reynolds. I haven't seen this show yet on Netflix. That is called uh, what is it? Wrexham. Oh yeah, they bought a soccer team. Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, 
Now, I remember when the soccer team announcement was made and everyone was talking about, wow, this is really interesting. He's getting involved in this. And actually, David Letterman on his Netflix uh, show was asking about, like, why are you doing this? He's like, I love soccer and was kind of coy about it. But at the end of the day, he bought a soccer team for two and a half million dollars. That seems like a deal. Rob McElhenney. I don't don't have two and a half million dollars, but. Uh, McElhenney. He, seems he bought a money. he bought a he bought a football club in order to make a Netflix show. And the connection here to me with home building is when I talk to not all not all companies, but some companies. And, and right now, you have to create a reason, a positive reason, a newsworthy reason to communicate with your customers, your audience that you're trying to connect with. You need an excuse to talk about yourself and for other people to talk about you that's not related to the economy and interest rates. And we will throw out suggestions like, hey, you could create a new floor plan. Well, that takes a lot of work. No, you can just take a floor plan you have and make a minor modification and call it a new floor plan. Like there are so many different things that that builders can do to create an excuse to talk. And and Ryan's like, yeah, I'm just gonna buy a football club. So that I can make a documentary series about its return to greatness or, or lack thereof. I don't want to spoil anything. I, 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 someone told me the end. I don't thank you very much for spoiling that for me, but here's the thing. The football club is a fifth tier club located in a blue collar town. It is the third oldest football club, I believe in the area. It's not part of the premier league. So they met with, the 2000 over 2000 supporters of the club on zoom in 2020 and made an offer because the football club was owned by the fans. Oh, and they signed a 25 year lease. Yep. So two and a half million plus the liability of whatever that massive, because, because those people who own the the club were concerned that they were going to buy it and just move it somewhere else. And they're like, no, that's not our purpose. (laughs) Like I, I would have loved to been on that call and maybe that's part of the show. It's like, we want your club. Okay. Why do you want our club? You must just want to take us somewhere else. No, no, no. We we want to make a TV show about it. So here we go. The show's already received a 97% audience score. Immediately green, greenlit for season two. Over $400,000 per hour of content created. An eight-part series. $3.2 million in revenue. And that's just the beginning. So, but the Twitter's, their fan base of the team is now the second. They're, they're well, okay. They're more popular. We're not going to talk about their placement. They went from having 45,000 followers on Twitter to 209,000, 27,000 followers on Instagram to 208,000, TikTok zero to 460,000. And so now they're turning this increased attention on the club made popular by the show, the show that was only created because they bought the team to create an excuse to make the show. And now they can make money on people buying clothing and other other material related deals to that. Like so that. they're becoming more popular, which in and of itself, it's just the whole thing is freaking genius. And that it's also better for the fans of the club and the town. Like everyone wins, which is why, how can you not love Ryan Reynolds? Yep. And that's, <laughs> well, was that a few episodes ago? We're talking about um, Kim Kardashian leveraging her brand. Uh-huh. This is that to me in action. A random person couldn't make that happen. Like well, like I mean, they could, but like Ryan, they might not. A random person might not have two it. and a half million dollars, yeah. and, and maybe not an immediate connection to Netflix. Mm-hmm. But essentially, this is what the other guy I've been talking about, Mr. Beast, is doing: is someone's looking around and saying, "I need an excuse to tell a good story. I've got cash. Let's put those two things together, and the crazier, the better." Yeah, and they're two lovable, charismatic guys, too, so that I don't think that hurts them because it's not there's a million documentaries on Netflix, but obviously you want to hear from people that I hear you. I I totally agree with you. I don't think you remember the show. I used to watch this. It may not be either one of your cup of tea. There's a show called Orange County Choppers. On yeah. TLC yeah. with the dad, yeah. that's a, they just yell all at each other. The, all they did was yell at each other and it was extremely popular. Right. So I don't, I don't think you have to be like tug at the heartstrings, funny, charismatic. I'm, it's just people are, comp- in fact, my favorite, I'll spoil it. My favorite at the end is a favorite because it's 90 day fiance 
beyond the ever after on a link. We'll put the link in the show notes. The only reason my wife likes to watch it is because those people's lives are terrible. Yep. They're, they're something <laughs> like they are, they're t- tangible, whatever they are. I it makes you feel I mean, better about saying, yourself. Mm-hmm. Like they're like orange County choppers are like the dad's a, the son's a beep. Ryan is this, there's something. And so they're worth watching. Um, right. It's like, they're, they're just not vanilla. Maybe, maybe it's more, right. like they, these are shows that make you feel something because they, there you yeah, go. Well, they're boring. Positive. There's this guy. And that takes it back to our buddy, John Sherman. We just we put the, uh, those videos, the visual content series back out into the world that Andrew did. And I remember it was the third summit in Phoenix and John Sherman oh, yeah. shared with everyone. Look, if you want your story to resonate and for people to pay attention, there must be drama. Mm-hmm. It could be drama because you think Ryan Reynolds is awesome and you want to work out for him and, and his co-star. It could be drama because you think, man, those two are family members, but they hate each other. And I could never live in a family like that. What does that even look like? Is this all, it's just so shocking, but there has to be conflict. Yep. Um, and you have to care about someone in, in the story, but you have to have conflict too. Jackie yeah. and her feud starts now. Or, on it even house hunters <laughs> international house hunters right the conflict is manufactured mostly because they've already picked out the house that they're going to choose before the show is recorded but they have to pretend that there's conflict about the husband or the yeah. wife liking this or that better and that being like they're going to fight about office space the whole time every time they see it, you know or they they tee it up they're going to fight over the garage space this is the conflict of this this show and the struggle for builders is they don't want to talk about the fact that there might be conflict at all. Yeah, I, I actually had a call this last yeah. week where a marketer was talking about how their brand voice was boring and they could feel it being boring. And they don't know, they don't like, they're just <laughs> like, like we want to be unsafe, but management doesn't want to have a, I think a familiar face. They just, they want to be too yeah. safe. And that actually goes back to, and I don't know if you want to go too in-depth on this, Kevin, but when you were talking about that Gary V interview, when you talked about how you know how sales runs marketing is when marketing is boring, that's mm. exactly how I felt this company was who was making that complaint because I felt like their strategies were a lot about, and we'll talk about it in the news story, attribution-based versus like us as a company rising up together and like success stories. It, it was just, it's all numbers and that's blah. So they, I think they're still trying to find mm-hmm. their brand voice. Well, how does the builder, yeah, we could I'll we distract could us all day long. It. Like you have to show behind the scenes. You have to show behind the if scenes. If you only show a finished product, am I, am I, I'm making this up right now. Like how, wh- that's not exciting. That's like what I just talked about. Like, look at this beautiful dish that chef yeah. just made. You need to show the kitchen drama. You need to show like front of house, back house. I think that's what's interesting. If you're making, this is all like it, content. Like we're to about me, content. it's all in the framework of where the consumer is and understanding they're going to want different things at different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, that's why I always go back to the genre example in Netflix. We're only going to have really one genre, which is real estate, more or less, in terms of content. Yeah. But you're talking about different perspectives because I I would say like I don't want to see the behind the scenes of how Sony makes their television when I'm at the store about to purchase it or about no. to hit checkout. When I'm, when I'm truly shopping, I'm looking at the finished product and what its values and benefits and features mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that stuff. When I'm in the research phase, which I, I more and more believe is more critical, uh, more important, uh, a period or a place in the journey where the customer stays longer than we're, we're really yeah. admitting to ourselves. Especially now. That's when all that other stuff makes sense because I, I'm not yet ready to figure out, do I want that cabinet finish or that cabinet finish? Like I might play with the tool. I might find one, you know, white cab, white cabinet kitchens more compelling to me. It's completely different consideration sets and purposes of what that content is for. I agree. I mean, when I put the visual content series in our community tool for people to watch, someone immediately chats me and says, this is awesome because my drive home from work is about 45 minutes and I can listen to oh, each one of these perfect. almost as a single episode. Boom. That's not someone who is sitting down right now thinking I'm going to shop for visual content services from someone. Right. They're just absorbing information. Yeah, we, we could talk about that forever. We could. 
But now it's time for a quick word from our supporting partner, Opendoor. Opendoor partners with home builders across the country in over 2,000 sales offices and has helped generate more than $4 billion in new construction home sales. As a builder sales associate, you can provide a flexible close date to help customers avoid double moves and mortgages by closing anytime from 14 days to nine months and offer a complimentary two-day late checkout from their current home to help alleviate the stress of moving. Go to opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with Opendoor. On to the news. Home builder sentiment drops to half of what it was six months ago from CNBC.com. Diana Olick, who she's a fantastic reporter. I've actually interacted with her a little bit over Twitter. So I'm like, I don't know who writes your headlines, but they're often terrible. Your reporting's good. She's like, yeah, I don't really have full say over that. Uh, but homebuilder sentiment in the single family home market fell eight points to 38 out of 100 in October from the previous month. The average rate on the 30 year fixed mortgage is now 7% this week, up from 3% at the start of the year. So, not surprising that it is yeah. having an effect. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the goal. That's what the Fed wants to have happen. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. even in the all access, I think it was Beth uh, from Kavanis and Kate's shared basically the same article with different title that 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 was circling her company and you know like what are people's opinions on it because this is what people mm-hmm. not just the sentiment but just people feeling like the end of days is here when it really uh reality it's you know it's just that they're trying to aim for this to occur and it is occurring so we kind of just i don't know we don't necessarily have a a say or there's no what we've been saying in meetings like there's no magic wand to fix consumer sentiment that we have to just keep trying to get the people who are are still looking for houses um and satisfy them what were you gonna say andrew i was gonna say like it it kind of is what it is the sentiment like oh like we're not changing the sentiment like the the mortgage rate is driving the sentiment like can i afford right like as far as just like but we can't do things to to keep people excited and like look towards the future get invested emotionally into buying a new home maybe not right now but create that demand to do it on the sales. And they could talk about like, we could buy now, da, 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 refi in a year, year and a half, or whatever time frame makes sense. But prices yeah. will keep doing this. So it might suck for a little bit for lack of a better term. But in two years, you're bringing it down to five or four. I am on my sixth Zoom call of the day now, which is the podcast, but I'm nice. still jacked up on this because here, here's the thing. This is when, when Jackie was talking about the, I don't normally watch Gary Vaynerchuk anymore because he's kind of gone in all different directions and he's Go. got plush toys and NFTs. And I know. Oh, it's all NFTs. great. And good, good luck for him. I like those I, I don't, I don't Gary hate him for show. But he made a comment on one of his keynotes that came across my feed that sales is just bad marketing. And that's an inflammatory statement. I told Jen Barkin that statement last night and she was like, say what? You want to fight? Like, what are you talking about? Sales is just bad marketing. But what you're talking about, Andrew, is right now, we can't change consumer sentiment. But how we meet that consumer sentiment is incredibly important. If the consumer sentiment is low and you make a social post that says something blase, kind of boring about a house is available. And then at the end of that social post, you say, so stop out today from 12 to 5 or give us a call at 555-5555. That is, that's bad marketing because you're meeting the customer in a sales, like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come out to the model for my benefit. I want you to call me for my benefit. It's, it's framed completely wrong. And most importantly, to connect to what we were talking about before, it's not interesting. And it's tone deaf, right? Like to me, maybe that's not the right word to use, but like, it's like, what do you mean? It's just not interesting. Meaning boring. We know people are still housing obsessed because we're still up year over year on website activity on home builder websites. People are still interested in housing, but they're not looking for that kind of content. They're not looking for crappy content. They're looking for behind the scenes. They're looking for how are you, how do you address as a builder quality concerns? If, if homes weren't maybe built as well over the last couple of months, which is a conversation we have with one builder, you know, and, and they're, they're thinking about, Hey, do we extend the warranty? for homes that close in this period of time that might've had more quality issues because of pandemic related things that happened. They're, they're looking for all 
they still want to absorb content. HGTV still exists as a channel mm-hmm. and they would rather see your version of that channel. I agree. I think people I think another way to think about content, like people, I think people still have the desire for progress, right? Like you're in this house. It's like you buy a boat. I think they call it like one foot itis, one foot itis. You buy a 21 foot boat down here in Florida. So I'll reference a boat. You're done a one to 23, you get the 23, you get the 25. So you keep wanting a bigger and bigger boat. I think that's the same thing with a house. You're at this size house. You want the next one, whether you're actively shopping or able to afford it. That's a different story, but you want the bigger one. So if you're able to create content, like say you're in a smaller house and it has, what's the cabinet size? Like for the small, small ones, 32 inch, I think mm. you could, yeah. whatever it is, you could showcase 36. like 36. Well, here's the 48. Let's go shopping right now. I'm, I'm just thinking about as far as content that's not behind the scenes because there's a lot of discomfort in that, like showing that and like being on site with trades, all this sort of thing. Like, what does it look like filling a 48 inch cabinet versus the little 36? Mm-hmm. Like, are your cups have to be lift this size for the little one? You're always moving the shelves up and down. It's a pain. Yeah. But, so but something. My point is, if we just higher. make if we make stuff that is interesting to consume, mm-hmm. we can't affect the fact that many consumers right now feel like it would be a bad time to buy directly with, with a, with an on the nose message. But what we can do is make them love our content so that whenever that sentiment changes, we benefit. I mean, that is when you think about huge brands like Coca-Cola and why they advertise in down markets, it's because they understand that that's when you, you build that brand affinity, not just by name awareness or by a cute logo, but by the story that you're telling mm-hmm. right. so that you can benefit on the other end. Definitely. I think this episode is brought to you by content, uh, how <laughs> to measure like next up from, from spark Toro and our friend Rand Fishkin, how mm. to measure hard to measure marketing channels. This article is in depth. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a, it's a must read. I think like but three or four times, honestly, to read it. Yeah. Like you I could. Read it. Yeah. You can't I would, I, I would recommend that. It. I would One recommend time. reading it every other day for a week. It will hit you yeah. different every time. Yes. So what, what's our favorite takeaways? <laughs> That's a tough one because there's I, so many things. Other yeah. than I, have, I wrote down some to-do lists for December. Hmm. Um, December being the typical, like we could do, we usually have some extra, extra time little mm-hmm. bonus time, hour here or there. Um, try to recreate this report, which essentially it's different channels that we have less control over. So I have a focus on the channels that we, so direct things like that versus like paid social Google ads. Like we can manipulate those numbers up and down. The other ones tend to get not ignored, but like we can't directly control those. But this is how Rand advises to be able to like see uh, yeah, the it's- harder. It's understanding the bigger picture that it is more complex. So Mm -hmm. just set the stage in 2005, 2006, not enough people were paying attention to attribution data at all. They were just like, I put money in, stuff comes out. Agency says it's all doing great. And so the big disruption was to help people understand that there is data that you can look at that can help you make a better informed decision. Well, then the pendulum swung completely other way. Where if if I'm running social campaigns and the conversions don't are not attributed to social, then social is doing nothing for me. And what Rand helps you understand is that that's not as simple as it is. And I love the little comic that I'll start with, and then Jackie, you can go. Is yeah. a marketer walks up and says, "Hey, boss, twenty seven percent of our audience engages with this podcast. Can I get a budget and sign off to pitch them some co marketing ideas?" And the boss says, co-marketing a podcast will never be able to prove attribution too small of an audience. Absolutely not. Whereas if the marketer walks up and says, hey, boss, the algorithm slash model says we need to put another $5 million into Google ads to get $5 million and $100,000 back in sales. That's what we need to do. Do you want me to do it? And he's like, put it on my card. Here you go. And this over-reliance now by leadership, especially on whatever the the... Um, system says, I hesitate to say algorithm because we have our own market proof algorithm, but that our algorithm does not tell you the specific answer. It points you in the direction of where to go, but it doesn't say go spend $5 million in Google. 
That's absolutely not, not what it says. But just because someone tells you that an algorithm says or the system predicts, we're now over-reliant on that to our detriment, I think is the big Agreed. overview of the article. Yeah, yeah, I think we all know, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And I think the same thing goes with you just have to have this nice baseline of other things you're doing too, because you you can't go 100% in brand marketing and you can't go 100% in trackable attribution marketing. You, you kind of just have to do things next to each other and find value. And even Kevin, did you tell me the story of like, when you pitched the idea of the podcast, it was like, all right, sure. You'd like have a fun pet projects. And obviously like, We've won awards. We're known for the podcast. It's a big part of our business now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also um, one of the things at the very end they talk about is like, this isn't something you just turn on and go, okay, done. You have to give yourself a three-month minimum of experiments and tracking. And the longer, the better Yeah. Um, to, to actually see if there is value. Because I also brought up a good point of the only way you're going to tell if something works 100% is if you turn it off completely, which we saw. And for a builder who decided Facebook doesn't work for me, they turned it off and went, oh, that was a horrible mistake. Um, so I, I really like the end here. Or, or um, if you scroll down, Kevin, a framework for hard to measure marketing investments, they kind of give you a graphic in blue. If it shows up, it doesn't matter. Anyone who's listening to this, just read the article. Um, but then they also give you a really nice detailed plan at the end. So it's not just like here, we're telling you this is hard to track. It's like, we know it's hard to track, but if you kind of create a, a template or an algorithm list, kind of how you do your other data and follow the, the path, you can kind of just get a good understanding of where everything's coming from and, and help you track or help prove worth, which... Um, I, I know a lot of marketers, they're either all in or all out, I think, in, in tracking their attribution data. And so mm -hmm. um, a lot, lot of value in that last. Um, yeah, definitely more technical marketers like to lean heavily on yeah. attribution. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way the wire, uh, they like numbers, numbers are safe and that's a safe spot. Yeah, we have more leads, but I, I just talked to two people this week who would like help from convert because they're currently talking to people who just constantly say, but you have more leads. And they're like, I only have five neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. My average sales price is a million dollars. I don't need, nor do I want 400 leads. I don't have an online salesperson even. So leads are in sales. These poor quality leads are not helpful to me. And my, my favorite part about what Rand did is there's several, I would say, complicated concepts that mm -hmm. he's chained together. And they're all things that we've talked about on this podcast for years now, Andrew, but he's connected them in a way that, that I think we're going to yeah. have to do as well for our own industry. For example, you know, the point that attribution is not incrementality. And he's got this little example, which you've <laughs> used this exact example of someone about to buy pizza and then the ad oh, showing, yeah. Hey, would you like pizza? Click here to order. And the quote says, why work hard to make more sales when I can just get credit for the sales that are about to happen, says the marketer, right? Like, yeah. If I like, can just jump in front of what's right about to happen and say, look what I did. But that's not the whole point. The whole point is to grow incrementally the business with what you're doing. Exactly. Or people using like, if you have a checkout that like, we're not e-commerce, but e-commerce, if you're like, oh, promo affiliate code, you're like, I didn't even think about that. Let me Google that company name plus promo code. Or mm -hmm. you're like, oh yeah, there actually is a couple influencers that have that. I'll go get my 10, 20% off. And it looks like the influencer drove the sale, but yeah. like that doesn't mean they actually drove the sale. You're just yeah. trying to get 20% off. Um, I think we, we talked about this. I think where a lot of people are familiar with this would be Tilson homes in Texas. They started their video content. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to do the data behind their video series and this type of framework. It'd have to be tweaked a little bit there because a lot of their stuff is like, people will mention other evidence for it working will mention like, oh, I know Don, I know Eric, mm -hmm. and they're asking for them. They're talking about them. Like they have all this engagement, but I don't know if Don has, I'll do it for you, Don. Yeah. Has tracked this in a, it, mm -hmm. I think we could do some data studio to make it simpler. To just no, she has, she's, she's she got, has. she's got the data. Yeah. yeah. Like it's all essentially she, she did that for that. And, but if, but at the point I'm trying to make is if she stopped at month three, like the, the data would have been like, eh, 
Yeah. Like that's not, that's lackluster, mm-hmm. which if a Rand's like, it needs to be at minimum three, but really he's like ideally six to 12 months. And I'm sure like with her dad, it'd be the six to 12 month windows when it really took off and went exponential. Yeah. Um, I just like the podcast for us is, you know, mm-hmm. three months in, if we decided we give it three months, we'll quit. Well, three months, I don't know what downloads per episode, 40, 50. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, if not, you can't maintain exciting. momentum, if you haven't, if you start a project as a marketer, not thinking at the beginning, how will I maintain it? Maybe not at the very first one, because that might ever starting. Yeah, but pretty early started. on, you got to say, how is this going to, like, if I was still editing every single episode and taking out every little um and oops and whatever, like I was at the very beginning, there's no way we'd still be doing this show. <laughs> so you got to figure out how else can we make yeah. this happen? My favorite example of this, and it's recent, is when we start working with a builder and I watch what our team does with generic paid search terms. So a builder that we started working with on October 1st. Now think about this, October month to date compared to September. Interest rates have now gone up to 7.3%. Everything is generally much worse, but yeah. the conversion, which again, I know I'm talking about attribution in relation to an article that's not about attribution, but knowing how we do search, where generic really is generic. It has to be incremental. Let's say it that way, because that means there is no brand terminology in there. We're not jumping right in front of someone about to purchase who already knows the brand name. In the first three weeks, there is an increase in goal completions of 28%. And a month that is incrementally harder to get people who are still using generic terms in their search, that's exactly what marketing and advertising should be doing in terms of incremental improvement and expansion of who you're reaching. Agreed. Good job, Rand. Yeah. He's, I saw in person way back when he was. I, I think I we need I'd, a guest. Ex, I think we need to try and get him, but he might be expensive. Yeah. No, he's not expensive. He'd come on for free. He's a friend of mine. What are you talking about? He'd oh, come on the show. Yeah. Him and I uh, get Will. Yeah, him and Will both. both. Both one out. I know them both. Yeah, we're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. Um, I think I donated to his um, significant others, uh, like something or other. She yeah. made like a board game. And I don't, anyway, we're I feel like I'm uh, <laughs> next up from CNBC.com Netflix will charge $6.99 a month for new ad supported plans starting November 3rd. This is a, I'm glad that you dropped this one in here, Jackie, because. Uh, and we had another conversation about this earlier today, Andrew, on our f- family call. Right now, everyone is looking for, I would say, an expensive security blanket. Mm-hmm. I've been given the okay to spend money, but I have to solve this problem. So let's come up with what sounds like the most sophisticated, new, different thing to try to get the result we need. And one of the common, there's two common things that have come up over and over again, which either tells me that they're doing a great job with organic content around these thought, these ideas, or there's someone out selling this stuff hard. The first is over-the-top advertising. So people would look at this and be like, oh, goody, Netflix is going to start running ads so I can place ads and I can you know, get broadcast effect at a lower cost. Well, sweet. Let's just break this down. If you are paying... Six nine nine a month and are okay watching ads. Scott Galloway, um, a, a well-known author and professor at NYU, has previously said that advertising is a tax on the poor because they can't pay to save themselves time. If we could, we would all spend more money to save ourselves more time in our life to do what we want. And so if you're willing to watch ads, it means, in his definition, you're poor. <laughs> so are poor people regularly in a high interest rate environment, especially the ones likely to be purchasing a home from a builder. $8 difference per month. Right. I mean, like if it was 699 versus 1600 or 1500, <laughs> that's a little different, but $8, which would be going to McDonald's and getting a two yeah. doubles and French fries and a Coke. I think I, that would, here's what'll be really interesting to watch about how this goes out. One, Microsoft helped them build out the ad platform, which is interesting because Ooh, I talked last terrible. time, Microsoft is connected to Meta now with the with the Oculus or um, yeah, the new the new Oculus Pro. 
Microsoft is also the one who helped Facebook build out their ad platform. Uh, so like the number of companies that Microsoft is connected to is credible. Sounds but like some conspiracy theory set up here. Here's, here's what I just tell people whenever they talk to me about OTP. One, it's highly profitable for the people who are selling those ads. Highly profitable. The second thing is, which, I mean, that in and of itself, if it worked, who cares, right? I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's highly profitable for the people who are selling it. And the second thing is any of those services, go watch them and see who's advertising and how frequently the same ads are showing over and over and over again. And I remember you might have when, to downgrade your account to watch it, right? <laughs> Everyone listening, like right. you might not be able to see it. Well, Cancel your account. There's probably some poor sucker who's still paying for, or on the free Pandora, you know, listening oh, to gosh, ads. Or free but, Spotify. Well, I, I think it's also going November 3rd. They're taking, they're trying to tell people you can't share Netflix accounts. So they're trying to create a affordable. Yeah, but I bought a mattress on my account. I just want to finish this thought on the, the frequency of seeing the same ad over and over again is a signal that that is a crappy way to advertise. If you hear the same ad every other time you see an ad means no one wants it. If there was lots of advertisers, there would be high rotation of ads running because there'd be lots of demand. Right. So if you see the same local car station advertising on that platform, it means it's not the way to go to, to me in terms of now a small amount. You, you could, you could convince me maybe in some cases that a small amount, but thinking that that is going to be a game changer in any way, shape or form, I think is nuts. I want to distract you by saying, by asking what could be a game changer now. <laughs> no, no. We, we oh, already man. played That's your game. That's a whole episode. That's, That's a whole, a whole other episode. episode. Make, put put a note in there next time. Or we'll talk about it on a, on a hangout in all access or something. Oh, that's a good the, idea. The, um, the story I was going to say is there, when I went to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma to do the, the Pulse event that we sold uh, 350, 500 tickets. I don't know. It, maybe it was 800. It was a lot of tickets. It was the it was biggest event we had because it was virtual so we could charge um, less and everyone could hop. But I had, to, I had to get there. Mike picks me up and on the way from the airport to the place where we were filming, I forget the exact number now, but I think I saw 31 billboards from the same home builder. Hmm. That is proof the fact that they could one acquire 31 said billboards at once yeah. and two, that almost proves to me that it's a remnant deal. Meaning if we don't have another advertiser willing to pay full price, we'll put you on at some pre-negotiated discounted rate. It's a sign that no one else wants them. So the OTP thing drives me nuts. The other thing that keeps coming up is geofencing and geotargeting, which for those in the back is included in every ad platform that I'm aware of in today's world. It's built yeah. into the system. You get mm -hmm. you go. I, we used to say this with, with meta, you can go and tell your boss, you're using artificial intelligence to target people. You can now say, I, I use artificial intelligence. You can go on a panel at some seminar and say, yes, we use AI to target people and make sure that our ads are as effective as possible. You can now go yell out to whoever you want to. Hey, everyone, we use geofencing. We use geotargeting. There are systems that will overlay a small amount of additional data, but there is very little evidence that I have ever seen that shows causation to increased results. The only thing I can promise you it will increase is your cost per click and your CPM. That's the only thing that will be guaranteed to increase. I just want to distract us all day long. So... I don't know. Yeah, what's this, right? You got you taking Ritalin today or what's what's up? I'm on AD like seven Andrew. cups of coffee. Not, well, I have my coffee and analytics cup. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, friend of ours bought a new house, have a new fridge, super fancy fridge, Samsung, blah, 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 all the stuff. I saw the same exact fridge the next day on Facebook. I'm not shopping for fridges. It's connected to the internet. So it's like an internet of things, uh -huh. beacon signaling, whatever. I need to research. I forgot to like figure out the technology. I'm sure it's not complicated. Um, you just have to pay this for it. This is easy. Right. And this is another common. I think this we just is need, so interesting. We need to do a, a frequently asked question video series. 
Because then I can just keep pointing people back to the thing over and over again. Do it. It's not all that happened is you were in a household mm-hmm. with other people who have recently interacted and looked at fridges. And that's it. And then, it's and then that the fridge, which is so weird. I'm like, yeah, are you kidding? Right. right. And there <laughs> might be a beacon, but I'm telling you, there's not, it doesn't take a lot of wizardry because the algorithm is just saying, you know, what's worth a shot today. What's worth a shot today is the, that Pete guy, he was in Jack's house and saw her new Samsung Four fridge hours. and they and were beacon. on a website that where they were looking at said fridge and maybe they added to cart and they did all these other things. And so you know what? That device was in the same household. Just show them an ad or two and see what happens. And here's, I think we've talked about this before. We can't think about nothing, right? Like we can't pull something from nothing. Yep. The, the thought experiment, I forget who I did this with, but if I just say, think of a movie. Okay, Jackie, what movie did you think of? Uh, Castaway. Andrew, what movie did you think of? Oh, not a movie, but we ju- we're watching The Patient on Hulu. So I, <laughs> that popped okay. in my head. Okay. Steve Crow. Jackie, did you go through like a filter? You just looked through a bunch of files and you considered 30 different movies, but then you picked that one. Like when I said pick a movie, it didn't you didn't really consciously pick it. It just came up out of where. Right? I, yeah, I feel like well, for Castaway, whenever it's on, I'll watch it. Like it's it's a good movie. If it's frequent, it's a safe movie. But yeah, right. it didn't really like Maybe but like, you didn't intentionally think to yourself, I'm going to think about movies. I, I've watched, you know, 2000 movies in my life. I'm going to sort and order and pick one. It just happened. Yeah. There's nothing that just pops into our mind that isn't influenced from something around us. And that's why the algorithm does what it does is it says there's already been a teen up some form or fashion around dog food, cat food, fridges, whatever the, the internet wants you to be like, yeah. I can't believe my, I saw this thing. Yeah, well, my ITF was Hulu was written on the screen over here. Looking at the article <laughs> and that we watched the patient last night. So it's like, there's my TF. There's a two days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, th- there could be more to it. I'm not saying that, that there isn't stuff listening to you and tracking you. There absolutely is. But it also, we attribute super specific tracking when it's not really necessary. Yeah. We probably to, tend to ignore things versus that that example was it has a ice scooping thing that's like a commercial kitchen mm-hmm. and i was like this is pretty cool and so i probably would have ignored the fridge but i'm like that's a i like that fridge because of the ice scooper deal yeah in the fridge and so i remembered the fridge and so then i saw the fridge on facebook and, oh okay there it is if it was a boring fridge like the white one in the example i would have not thought about it probably all right last up google oh, makes ads more distinguishable from organic results Oh, um, so now we're going to start including a larger display of business names and logos. It will automatically sure. detect it from the page you're sending them from, and then you can still adjust it, but you're not going to have to upload it. your logo every single time. Although maybe you will, cause it'll be wrong. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah. Better have your site structured. I'm sure it'll be like the way your site's structured, not like the, like structured snippets and like how things are labeled, um, to tweak that a little bit, but I'm all for that. I think that's, cool your yeah. logo better not be terrible if it's pulling up the logo it's like you'll look like oh yeah we need a logo refresh. hey i'm all about that i mean every time will Dieterset and i get together we talk about or almost every time we talk about like the five worst logos in home building and they, they've gotten away with it for so long they have the same terrible logos but now maybe it'll encourage like imagine them to that terrible logo, logo on a circle you'd be like what is that versus Next a good logo. every ad that you're running on google yeah that'd yeah. be yeah. click the rate maybe it'll drop because they're like, that's a sketchy looking <laughs> weird people playing tug yeah or or more than likely they'll be like there's a lot of roofs so many yeah. every, every logo has a roof in it all right last up from last week's question of the week do you expect your marketing budget in 2023 to be larger smaller the same or what budget which congratulations no one voted for what budget that Good. made me happy um there was an other bradley davis um all of his projects which I'm not as familiar with the, with his builder uh, are project specific. So if the lifetime of the community, mm-hmm. so there are a lot of conversations about that's interesting. Tell me more about that. What are the pros and cons? And there are pros and cons in there, but essentially um, 80% of you said that your budget would likely be the same or larger next year, despite most home building organizations 
expecting fewer sales in 2023. So maybe that's because closing revenues are, are still going to be there um, for most of next year because construction is still taking a long time. A lot of new projects starting was a comment that uh, Laura OMB put in there. More communities, more homes equals more budget. But I just think that's super interesting that um, I would not have expected that most people now it's also possible, but hopefully not that most people are wrong <laughs> and their, their boss just hasn't told them yet. But so far marketers are feeling pretty good about their budgets for 2023. I thought that was a super interesting. Yeah, it is good. Maybe some things on content and conversion rates will be in there the focus. Yeah. All right. Okay. I always do this at the end. I close down my show oh. notes. Well, we you have the favorite too. Oh, want we got to do favorites. Yeah, favorites. New new oh. section. What's it's a short oh, answer, man. Andrew. What are Ooh. our favorite things at this moment? Pop culture, just book, things, things, product, oh, something, gosh. something you like makes your life better. Who goes? Who goes first? Well, I, I already mine is uh, ninety day fiance. Uh, after I think it's 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 people who didn't work out and now they are dating again. It's just terrible. And I, I, we watch it before we go to bed. Melanie always has something on so she can let her mind relax from the day. I'm usually doing work on my phone or laptop and listening over the screen. But it's, it's amazing in its awfulness. It's amazing. Cool. So let's see my favorite, um, favorite shows, the patient on Hulu. And then I did the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon prime. Recommend both of those. And then flavor gang sauces, mm. delicious. Okay, they're kind of pricey. There's like no calories in them. Delicious, like hey, what amazing. was the steak sauce? Um, Jackie, Ooh. you're also a sauce. That was oh. good um, person. It's upstairs. I'm That's okay. When, the one uh, from the restaurant. And yeah. yes, after the summit, we had dinner at a restaurant nearby, and they were like, "We have our special steak sauce." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." Like. I'm good. still, an, yeah. I'm still an A1 person. She's like, well, it's like A1, but better. It's A1 plus. That's good. It was the most amazing steak sauce I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I definitely better there than at home. I shipped the bottle home with good. me in my in my suitcase, and I will not let anyone else in my family have no. any. It's like uh, balsamic, ketchup, brown sugar, Worcestershire yeah, sauce. It sounds, it's like it, a it mix tastes of better stuff. than it sounds, though. It's uh, like oh, A1 it's sauce good. with a little bit of soy mixed in and a lot yeah. more vinegar. It's got it's a, like little, a lot more tang. Taste. It's got a lot more tang to it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need a lot of it either, which is okay. Nice. Don't, like, don't, don't get too distracted with now. the sauce, Jackie. It's okay. What's no, your no, favorite? No, I'm looking up um, the Reddit subreddit group book suggestions. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like, I love this book. Who I, I used to use like um, something reads. I don't just all there are yeah, so good reads. Good reads. It's like, yeah. all right, well, you're recommending the same five books to me every time. No, thank you. Um, so now I just go, hey, I like this. I like this kind of character. I like this kind of story or like, I love, um, oof, the Martian author, mm, yeah. Martian. And then his new book, um, not Artemis, but the other one, if anyone's listening. And so I was just like, who has books like this? And then people sent me to the ends of the earth. So, um, so even like builders, the well, it's just like, here's a That's book fun. that has like seven reviews. And I'm like, oh, this is actually very good. I wouldn't have found this on my own. No, and so no. I think it's even just like this hyper local niche niche markets of home building world it's like who knows a builder who knows this um i i love hearing recommendations from word of mouth i'll toss the book out there i loved as a as a younger person isaac asimov short stories and jeffrey archer is a well-known author of short stories as well but not all science science fiction um sometimes they're mysteries sometimes they're drama different different genres but a, a quiver full of arrows is a great little um short story and you know, short stories are the original um, short form video. You can just yeah. read a whole story in eight minutes and it's got some twist to it that you never saw coming. Perfect. Nice. Good little, I want to like, hear, hear people's favorites of the week. We should probably do that. Yeah. Well, and then the, the last mention of all access of the podcast, because we're almost done, is um, we are going to start your favorite things list in there. So mm-hmm. you can go in and, and post your favorite product uh, service, whatever. And then we'll go through and curate that list and publish it on the website as, uh, our 2022 holiday gift guide, uh, for marketers and online salespeople. Thanks for listening. Be sure to send in your industry related questions. 
to show at doyouconvert.com and we'll touch on them in our next episode. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. See you, see Marketproof Marketing is proudly supported by Opendoor. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Opendoor to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.